I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, Small Business Advanced Tax Planning and Compliance Extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, we'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Kasara Andre, DBM. Uh, Kasara is the founder of Veterinary Cannabis Education and Consulting um, and is dedicated to providing practical education and harm reduction training to the emerging emerging veterinary cannabis field. Oh man, speaking out loud stuff. <laughs> Dr. Andre firmly believes that scientific curiosity can and will open unexpected, exciting, and hugely beneficial opportunities within this field, but also that scientific rigor and scrutiny must never be neglected. I love that. It's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> it's great, though. Um, so I can't wait to talk about cannabis for animals. But first, um, what was your first job? Mm, doing paperwork for my dad. That's awesome. What uh, what kind of company did he have? Uh, he is an entomologist. And oh. he uh, still currently does the lawn care portion. But he was also doing farm mm-hmm. care at the time. Wow. So a combination of the two. Background in science. Yeah. I love that. Um, So how did you decide to focus on cannabis for the veterinary field? That was a long, that was a long convoluted journey. (laughs) Totally unexpected too, right? Where you end up in life Um, is like, that's never what I would have thought. how did I get here? Never would have suspected. Um, So I worked for the military Mm -hmm. as a veterinarian for 10 years Mm -hmm. and just recently resigned my commission. While I was in the military, loved working dog medicine, just like sport medicine Mm -hmm. in human side. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was I was really missing some big pieces in my toolkit. Mm -hmm. The accidents are training injuries, right? They're Mm -hmm. not, they don't need surgery. They don't need these Mm -hmm. really big, heavy, powerful pharmaceuticals. They need something else, something to help the body heal in between Mm -hmm. on its own. So that was really what got me into acupuncture, rehab, massage, kind of those types of modalities. Mm -hmm. And cannabis just fits into those really beautifully. The reason we added cannabis to that was our community of veterinarians was really lost, really wondering what to do about it. So Mm -hmm. I kind of had time and opportunity to really research it. And then it just fit beautifully into the rest of what I was practicing. So you implemented cannabis, veterinary cannabis in the military. Um, I would say that that's where I first was started looking looking for a piece that was missing. That's interesting. Cannabis really wasn't a thing at Mm -hmm. the time, Mm -hmm. right? I was even in Colorado for a couple of years before we legalized and just it it, it didn't have enough of a push for people Mm -hmm. to really pay attention to it Mm -hmm. early enough. And then it started to just be overwhelmingly, we, we need to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of want to talk about that. So, you know, we see cannabis becoming huge in mm-hmm. humans. You know, when did people start applying it to the animals and going, hmm, if it works in this way for yeah, me? That's such an interesting question. I don't know that we have an answer to that, but I would say anyone who's connected to an animal and has experienced cannabis in a healing way for themselves mm-hmm. automatically makes that leap of, I feel better. I want my animal to feel better. That's mm-hmm. just our culture around animals now. They're very much family members. They're, They're very much just part of us. And so I think that makes a very easy leap to helped me. Yeah. I want to give it a try. Can I give it to yeah. my animal? For... Yeah. So what are some of the biggest obstacles and issues in prescribing cannabis for animals? Yeah, well, that's uh, kind of a loaded question. Like the big question. <laughs> so um, let's actually do a little bit of background for yeah, that one yeah, first. So definitely. prescription is actually a, a pretty – 
a word that we have to do some pretty semantic mm. care care around. Mm-hmm. And so the reason for that is uh, cannabis as a whole, mm-hmm. it has two specific seg- subtypes, so hemp right. and marijuana. Mm-hmm. So marijuana is still a Schedule One substance per the DEA. So I have a DEA license. Most veterinarians do. So it means that I can't prescribe cannabis because it's mm-hmm. on a Schedule One mm-hmm. list and I can prescribe anything that's two through five. Okay. So just kind of knowing like what that word prescribe mm-hmm. means, it entails that it's on a specific list somewhere mm-hmm. that I can give out to a patient. Mm-hmm. And then hemp side is not a controlled substance anymore. And so you actually can't prescribe something that's not on the DEA list. Mm-hmm. And so you don't prescribe hemp because it's not on a list so we just and you suggest. can't prescribe. You can just, we suggest? Yes. Okay. Suggest advice, guidance, education, okay. all those. We just don't don't use the word prescribe. All right, I'm going <laughs> to mark that one off. I did. <laughs> the other one that's really tricky is recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, in states like Colorado that have medical laws, mm-hmm. they've specifically written into policy that a physician can get around that same prescription mm-hmm. sort of shenanigans mm-hmm. by saying, I can write you a recommendation. Mm-hmm. So as your, if I was your physician, I could write you, I think it's a good idea for you to have cannabis. You take that to the state. They give you a cannabis card. You mm-hmm. take it to the dispensary. But that wasn't written to policy for veterinarians, so I can't make a recommendation mm. either. So those two words are my own. So that's one of the dichotomies we see a lot is yeah. that, you know, we're a lot of the laws are applied to human. Yeah. All all cannabis laws medicine, are written for humans. But then veterinarians like, but yeah. you know, we wanna Yeah. You know. We're trying pretty hard to get just everyone to think of mammalian physiology mm-hmm. or um, practitioners versus physicians and veterinarians. Prescribers is another good term. So it's just kind of what your mindset yeah. is. Because a lot of the applications are similar. Yeah. Right? yeah. It, we're finding that it is mammalian, that the physiology is the same. And um, the medical, the human medical field learns a lot from the veterinary field. Absolutely. Every study that's done has a animal safety trial before it. So we actually have a lot of information. It's mostly in rats and um, mice Mm -hmm. and lab animals, but we can extrapolate really, really well. And we are starting to have some studies in animals, but it's mostly humans that are doing the research for us. (laughs) We're just watching from a distance. Of course. Usually it's animals who get the testing done first and then it's applied to humans. This one's opposite. Oh, that's interesting. Humans are doing all the research. That's really interesting. I didn't (laughs) didn't realize that. So it does make sense because a lot of the drugs and mm-hmm. stuff are tested on animals, yep. making sure they're safe yep. for people. So this, so cannabis is the yeah. opposite. People, humans are just our petri dish in this instance. That's awesome. They're, they're the lab <laughs> I think rats. That's it's like kind of our kind of our turn. <laughs> yes. Right mm-hmm. at this point, yeah, it's our turn. <laughs> um, so, what are some of the practical applications of cannabis for pets? Um, the easy answer is anything we see it in humans oh, that wow. we really are finding out that it is mammalian. Mm-hmm. So if it, it works for humans, it's going to work at least similarly in mm-hmm. animals for what we know mm-hmm. at the moment. There are some species differences we have to kind of pay attention to, but pain is the biggest one. Like that's sort of knock it out of the park, easy to see benefit in neurology type mm-hmm. conditions. So seizures, neuro- neurogenic pain, mm-hmm. that type of thing. Really, really amazing there. Most people try to use it for behavior. And that's my passion in the behavior aspect awesome. of it. But it's really tough because there's so many environmental factors that play into that, mm-hmm. as well as like neurotransmitters that are out of sync and all of this physiology piece. There's also so many environmental things that play a part. So behavior is my like love, but it's also pretty a tough area. So, so t- can you talk about like mm-hmm. some of the behavior stuff that you're <laughs> yeah. seeing and like how you help somebody figure out? Yeah. You know, what are the factors? Yeah, I would love to. That's yeah, my like, like. I like talk it. about I it, love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so again, a lot of what we are experimenting with in animals mm-hmm. comes from what's working in humans. Mm-hmm. So cannabis has shown some amazing benefits in helping people through PTSD, mm-hmm. emotional trauma, anxiety 
disorders, any mm -hmm. of those, any mm -hmm. of those conditions. Mm -hmm. So when, when we look at those conditions in animals, we see there's at least some similarities. We don't know exactly how animals process memory. We mm -hmm. kind of can make some assumptions like he looks anxious. Mm -hmm. We don't really know that that's what's going on in their brains, but we can sort of assume. So when we think about um, an anxiety case, so let's mm -hmm. let's do like a shelter, someone, uh, an animal who's just been adopted from a shelter. Mm -hmm. all, all negative interactions with humans up to mm -hmm. this point, just very topsy-turvy, doesn't have a place, no, no place mm -hmm. where they feel at home. Mm -hmm. Cannabis does some really interesting things in their physiology. So it works both on the endocannabinoid receptors, which okay. we can talk about that whole system in a second if you want to. It's really, really cool. Yeah, but also we'll works on serotonin receptors, mm -hmm. dopamine receptors. So often in pharmaceuticals, we're, we're trying to modulate those systems, serotonin, to mm -hmm. feel a little bit more, yeah. I have resources, dopamine time, reward. different yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, as well as also working on the pain mm -hmm. systems, so mm -hmm. inflammation. So when you put all those together, you suddenly put that animal in a state that they are most ready mm -hmm. to believe their environment might be good. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of like a lot of caveats, but it's really? instead of the only option mm -hmm. is that this world is horrible. Oh, yeah. It, start, it just kind of changes that yeah. paradigm to say, well, maybe mm -hmm. something isn't as bad as I think it is controlling pain, stimulating the serotonin, as well as how the endocannabinoid system works, mm -hmm. it's really much easier to put some training on that animal when they're in, have cannabis on board, desensitize, expose to some stimuli they would have been afraid of before, and mm -hmm. then kind of, oh, that wasn't as bad. And then they take that learning forward. And next time they encounter that stimulus, they're like, I've been, I got this. <laughs> so <laughs> I totally got so it this. Helps rewire, yes. It helps rewire their brain. Yes, absolutely. It helps wrap some myelin. It helps, yep. you know. It re so it repairs all the cells just as one of their functionalities, but oh, it also wow. has this very amazing um, intracellular communication. So, particularly in the nervous system, mm -hmm. it is the connection between neurons where it says, I got your message. You don't have to keep sending it, or we don't need to be this afraid, kind mm -hmm. of settle down. If you thought of, the one thing endocannabinoid system does, and you did homeostasis, mm -hmm. just balance, mm -hmm. that would be, you'd be right. Like that is the system really that cool. makes our bodies and all of our animals' bodies be mm -hmm. in balance with the environment. That's Isn't that cool? This is really cool. It's amazing. So talk about the endocannabinoid. Yeah, Thank one you. More, I'm one more never going to be able to say that. <laughs> it's fun to say once you got it. And there's so many ends in there. Endocannabinoid, yeah. All right. The one time. <laughs> <laughs> that was your one. That's off. a lot of words. That's a lot of words. So we... Innately have these systems yes. that that um, yes. that interact with cannabis. Yes. So actually, all vertebrates mm -hmm. do. Anything that has a spine has an endocannabinoid system. But we, I'm just like blind balloon over here, <laughs> guys. I'm just like. <laughs> but we know Science we understand cool. mammalian ECS much better. So mm -hmm. if you see endocannabinoid system pieces in mm -hmm. another animal, you can't automatically assume they work the same. You can't really apply right. it. We, they might, but we don't. You can't yeah, make that sure. jump for yeah. sure. But across mammals, we're pretty, pretty confident. So what does that system do then? It really is our system of homeostasis. So okay. if you thought about all that we kind of know in science now, cardiovascular, musculoskeletal, respiratory, mm -hmm. all these subsystems that we know pretty well, like subsystems, mm -hmm. what we're finding out is that cannabis or the endocannabinoid system is sort of this dashboard on top. So we can we can adjust the ECS, and the ECS will bring all these subsystems into balance. So its role is making sure all the systems in the body work well together. Like if you had a sound mixer dashboard, mm -hmm. like turn that one up a little bit, turn that one down a little bit. A little bit. Bass. A little bit. Yep, exactly. A trouble. Yep. That's amazing. Isn't that so cool? So if I am mind blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you think about, again, an animal, let's do the anxiety mm -hmm. situation. 
going into a new situation, new puppy in mm-hmm. the house, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh my gosh. We can talk about so this later terrible. because this is like the thing I'm <laughs> thinking about doing in my life right now. And that for the older animals, especially if they're kind mm-hmm. of senior, yeah. that's been their home for forever. Like, I want a puppy in the house. Like, what's going on uh-huh. here? When you work with cannabis in some specific ways, mm-hmm. it it allows that body mm-hmm. to adjust to changes in the environment because oh its job is that regulation piece. It can say, all right, older animal, you need to be a little bit more interactive. You should yeah. be interested. You should be puppy. You should be a little calmer. Yeah. Like it just it really just kind of turns down that fear response. Yes. Yeah. That's really, really cool. I'm just, oh, wow. Okay, cool. That's a lot. That has a lot of applications. Absolutely. It It is and will be as revolutionary as when we discovered the vaccine or antibiotics. Like it. It is the next tier of what medicine and science needs to know mm-hmm. to go as far, like as far as we are now in mm-hmm. terms of what we know, that again mm-hmm. is going to be mediated by the ECS. Like what we know about it mm-hmm. is mind blowing. Absolutely incredible. And so were you saying that all of this is being done in Israel? So Israel has a huge research, mm-hmm. um, just lots and lots of people who are researching it just because of some of the laws. Mm. So it's a little bit harder in the U.S. to research the marijuana side of mm. cannabis, a little bit starting to be easier on the hemp side. Mm-hmm. So it really just depends on what the country's laws are. But Israel has some amazing research comes out of Israel. They were the ones who first isolated the molecules in the cannabis plant that interact with our endocannabinoid oh. system. Canada, U.K., you know, mm. U.S. has their own. So it's just that there's so many countries investing a lot of research dollars into this mm. that the information is coming so fast. That is so cool because, you know, <clears throat> we as it became legalized, and we see this in Colorado the mm-hmm. most because it was we were yeah. kind of the almost the first state. So we've seen a lot of more research yeah. being done, you know, here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's really awesome to know that other places have, like, already yeah. done. And everyone has a different approach to it. Like, in the U.S., we tend to focus on um, observational research just because our laws are still a little bit hard to navigate. Mm-hmm. So what happens when a parent decides to use this for their child? Okay, mm-hmm. let's just watch, and then we'll get lots of data from that. Mm-hmm. Israel, in particular, is doing a lot of molecule research, so kind of mm-hmm. pulling apart all the molecules they can absolutely find, and then what it does, them. and then kind of pulling them out. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> so am I. I love it. Well, obviously. Um, so hold on. I've got questions and margins over here. Um, so your program, um, so you have a program where you train. Yes. So like, can you talk about um, your certification program sure. um, within the veterinary cannabis? Yeah. Because we do see a lot of stagnation with the vet techs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether there's they're just kind of a ceiling. certified. Yeah. I mean, there's nowhere to go yeah. other than what could be a vet. Yeah, and a, but a lot of I mean, people make that career direction for specific reasons mm-hmm. of being a vet, being a tech. Like it has just a different kind of thing that you want to do it's with it, and it's not necessarily too. like what they want to do. Yeah, they like yeah. being on the support side. Yeah, and they're amazing at it, which is why they're so perfectly placed for cannabis care because there's so much husbandry. There's so much give a little bit. How did it work? Let's change mm-hmm. this. Like just really fine tuning mm-hmm. that care, and so their technicians are just amazing so are they running their own businesses or are they working within practices so sometimes their their clinics will send them Mm -hmm. and um you know that sometimes now we'll have like a dental specialist technician Mm -hmm. or a fear-free specialist or someone who just kind of has this area of specialty Mm -hmm. so we see some clinics sending their technicians to their classes and then setting them up in the practices if you have a cannabis question this person can answer it for you and some of them are setting up their own businesses and doing consulting with other companies, um, other clinics. A lot of the cannabis companies are looking for medical insight for pets. And so they're hiring some of our graduates to give them 
veterinary medicine. That is so cool. Like, don't put xylitol in your pro- like just like really important stuff but xylitol's not good <laughs> i know don't this. do that <laughs> but it's such a human industry right. right there's not any of that inkling of animal safety like let's mix it in chocolate let's put xylitol in it let's you know put all this flavoring some edibles. there there's you know thinking human and not necessarily animal that's really really cool um so the program provides so can you just talk about so it's for vet techs yes and so it is just talk about like what the program provides and how you help yeah. people Yeah. So we're actually, this is actually a a kind of big change point for us. Mm -hmm. So we've been teaching it for a year and a half and currently it's six weeks, uh, live webinars, and then an exam and case studies they do on their own. It's become so much information that the teacher just talks straight for two hours. Like it's just so much to try to get through. It's just like, oh my gosh. So in January, we're actually switching to more of a three-month course Mm -hmm. with a lot of self-paced sort of watch these, read these articles on your own, Mm -hmm. and then still the live discussions, but more article review and questions and cases. So we're we're excited about kind of the curriculum change, and I think it'll be really nice. But then it lets us have more time to talk about how do you work with a clinic? How do you talk to your vet about? How do you actually get this into practice? Yeah, because it's one thing to have that info. Right. It's a whole other to like And it's also also hard for text a lot of times. They're not often in the position where they know more about a topic than anybody else in their clinic. So there's also a lot of like communication training Mm -hmm. and just confidence training of you know something, Mm -hmm. say it. That's really super Yeah, like you you people want to hear what you have to say. So speak up. Yeah, I love that there's so many veterinarians that are sending their texts and they're just like, we need this kind of person and this kind of person because it adds value. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge value add to the patient's. Mm -hmm. And the culture of there. And there's such a safety aspect, too. There's yeah. so many iffy products and nasty products out there. Like, it, even if a clinic doesn't really want to mess with cannabis, they're mm-hmm. just kind of mm-hmm. on the fence about it. Even if they could do just a little bit of harm reduction mm-hmm. training, yeah. it's at no xylitol. Yeah. <laughs> like, even, even those little things, mm-hmm. so many pets would be a lot safer. So there's lots of ways clinics can kind of dabble in it without mm-hmm. going full force. And having that technician that just has information for pet parents yeah. is a really good place to start. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. I mean, just having a handout that says, yeah. here's the things to look yeah, for. Yeah, these might be in your product. Make sure you're researching yeah. it. Read the ingredients list. Like, if it has a lot of THC, don't start too high. Make sure you work up. Just, mm-hmm. like, really little basic things. Yeah, it's just basic dosing. and yeah. basic, That's really cool. Yeah. And kind of monitoring, too. Absolutely. Especially if you have, you know, somebody to talk to. Then yeah. you can be like, well, it did, but it didn't. Yeah. You know, and there's so much that we know. don't know about it that it's kind of that – safety first, make right, sure that we're totally. not doing any harm. And uh-huh. so what are we watching for? Did something go wrong? Mm-hmm. Did the blood work change? Yeah. Like that's a big piece of, if we don't know about a, a molecule, making sure we're monitoring effectively for it. That's really cool. Okay. So can we talk about, let's talk about products. Um, so there are so many products. <laughs> there are so many the products. Um, <laughs> every time I talk to somebody, they have like somebody else that's creating yes. a product or yes. um, podcast that went up today. They have their product that they're working on right now. So um, how how do you guys help people choose? I know like safety is number one, mm-hmm. you know, but what are some of the considerations when um, picking a product? I mean, not even for yourself, maybe for yourself, but yeah. also for your pet, for your pets. Well, what's nice about it is that it is mammalian. So a lot of the things that we're talking about apply if you are picking it for mm-hmm. yourself. And sometimes that's the only way we can try it. Like, right? Well, let me see how it makes me, me feel. Let me see if I and like it. it. Let me see if I have seizures. There's a, and lot, then... there's a lot of people who will like try it on 
their spouse first mm-hmm. and then give it to their animal. Like that's just, we love our animals so, so much. We sure do. <laughs> we sure do. Um, one of the easiest ways to sort of evaluate a product mm-hmm. is to ask for their laboratory testing. Okay. So that is a very clear line in the sand of mm-hmm. what a company knows they should be doing or if they have no clue of kind of what they should be looking out for. So the industry term for that is a COA okay. or a certificate of analysis. Mm-hmm. And um, every product should have one. Whether they're easy to get or not Mm. is a different question. Mm. But if you ask for one and a company says, no, 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 you can't see it, for me, that's automatically like a red line. There are lots of companies who are doing such a good job. They're very honest. They're transparent. They're very upfront. Exactly. It's It's just it's not really worth that potential harm, Mm -hmm. potential contamination. And there's many companies who will do a good job. So always ask for a COA Uh first. And then once you have that, that's what's actually going to give you the breakdown of the molecules that are in the product. Uh So that helps you pair it with the condition you're trying to treat. That's really, really important. We used to think it was just Cannabis product is a cannabis product, right? right. Like, but we have different. Mo- there's different exactly. molecules, different yeah. applications. There's over oh, it's really cool. Six hundred molecules of the cannabis plant. Holy makes. cow! Yeah, and over 180 of them are cannabinoids. So they bind to these like endocannabinoid system. So when you think about just how, just the like numbers of are. those, yeah, it's an, it's mind blowing. So if you don't know your you molecules, said molecules, I'm looking. I'm thinking like, yeah, there's like ten. <laughs> Like in my mind, there's like 10 little bubbles. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So there's crazy. like over 600 of them. And some of them we don't even know that well. Some of them just have number names because we haven't yeah. classified them well enough. Number 245. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it also means that that's one of the reasons we have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. We are assuming that all the molecules are beneficial. Like we don't see any – cannabis is so safe to work with. We mm-hmm. rarely, rarely see side effects unless someone gives way too much or inappropriate mm-hmm. – but we don't know that. And so as like true scientists, we have to say, well, we think it's good, but we mm-hmm. also need to really research all of them. So I think it's important that we're being careful on both sides. Like one of the reasons that um, kind of line in my intro is really important to me is we we have to have the scrutiny on both sides. We can't mm-hmm. shut our eyes because we don't want to know about it. Mm-hmm. But then we also have to be willing to find something bad in the thing we like. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I no, mean? Like, totally. You have to look at both sides. It's just it. like, you know, the, sub- the supplement industry. Mm-hmm. I think we can like draw comparisons because yeah, a lot of the time. Food. Yeah. Anything, and you know, we're being, we don't know what's yeah. in it. Um, but if it's something that, you know, has the research yeah. and we know how to apply it, yeah. it doesn't make sense that's to a, not go do it. That's a key one. Yeah. Right? Know how to apply it is big. Yeah. So you guys have other resources, right, for cannabis applications. So do you guys have like a place for people to call in. Yeah, so for the pet parent community, mm-hmm. our biggest resource is the consult piece. Mm-hmm. So one of the the big goals in that is to either help parent, pet parents connect with their veterinary team. So mm-hmm. if you're just having a hard time having that conversation, mm-hmm. your vet just doesn't quite get it or you mm-hmm. you feel afraid to kind of broach it, mm-hmm. we can sort of be the intermediary. That's so awesome. we'll do a consult, um, make sure we understand what you want to accomplish as mm-hmm. a pet parent. If you have a product you want to use already, like mm-hmm. do an evaluation of it. We'll grab records from your clinic so mm-hmm. we know what's going on with that case mm-hmm. and then kind of compile it, write it all together and then send it back to you so you know kind of how to start on that treatment mm-hmm. plan for your pet, but then also send it to your clinic so they know what's going on. That's so it's awesome. really just putting that team back together. Because unfortunately, the cannabis industry has created some, just some 
some rubs between pet parents and veterinarians mm-hmm. because veterinarians don't really know about the ETS. This is so new, right? Yeah, like this is just since the 1980s that we've yeah. known what this is. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times pet parents feel like, oh my, that's not talking to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're not, they're not answering me. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times it's because just not they just don't know or aren't comfortable. And I it. think, I think we come across that with a lot of modalities, yes. right? Like if, if the practitioner is not comfortable with something, they're yeah. not going to recommend it. Well, our oath is to do no harm. Yeah. Right? So if you don't know about it, yeah. then they the no harm like, is, yeah, yeah I want to be safe. The, the, home, the no harm is no, don't yes. do that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they're just like, there could be. Yeah, there could there's, be harm. There's, there's risk yeah. in this yeah. because and I don't know enough about it. every veterinarian has seen an intoxication. We have right. all seen an overdose come into the ER, oh, and they're so miserable. Have you ever seen an intoxicated, like no. a marijuana intoxicated? They're just, they're just miserable. Like they're so, so high. Like they're so stoned, and they're just <laughs> so afraid of light and sound. It is once they're bed, like, but it's just they're just miserable. And they pee everywhere, uh-huh. and it's just a miserable experience oh, for them. No. But that's really when they get into someone's stash, mm-hmm. like a lot of particularly THC mm-hmm. they ingest. Uh, that's not how they act whenever you're treating them therapeutically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. But that's how what most veterinarians have seen. So mm-hmm. when we hear marijuana or cannabis, it's like, I don't want to make my patient right. stoned, right? Like, I don't want to go that yeah. direction. I think, and I think, um, you know, I'm also a birth mm-hmm. So we we see things through our lens, but we don't realize, I think, a lot of the time yes. that our practitioners have seen what yeah. we want go sideways, right. right? Right. And I always tell people that, like, they have their own – yeah. Um, experiences that that are clouding how they yeah and the, forever will because they have fear around yeah or they make the decision some, to say okay well this doesn't seem to fit with what I'm seeing mm-hmm. so I'm going to explore it and I I mean from the practitioner side that's what I think our obligation is mm-hmm. to our clients and to our patients is mm-hmm. okay don't understand it mm-hmm. but I'm going to make sure that I find out like yeah. I'll get you the answer mm-hmm. and sometimes we see practitioners miss that piece yeah. right they'll say the I don't want to do any harm yeah. but there is also the obligation to then find find the solution and I think yeah. a lot of people are just stopping there because it is really intimidating it, it, is it intimidating. can be it's a lot right it's, yeah, yeah, yeah it's such a well, huge vast system it is a huge vast system and I mean we deal with that on the accounting end too like yeah. people come to me and I'll be like I don't think that's a thing, but I'm going to go find right, out, exactly. right? Yeah, I'm going to figure um, it out for you. And that's the kind of person you always want to work yeah. with is the person that's just like, I don't think I, you know, yeah. like, yeah. it's either like a no, like, that's not going to fly. Or, uh, hmm, yeah, I'm actually <laughs> going to go double check all this. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'll let you know if that's, you know, what I'm telling you is not true. Yes. Um, but you want those people who are, are open to. Yeah. You know, because cannabis isn't going anywhere. Yeah. And you want to make sure that even outside of cannabis, that mm-hmm. you and your practitioner mm-hmm. fit well. Yeah. So if you are always just rubbing the wrong way, like nutrition, if you're not connecting on that side or some of the mm-hmm. you know integrated modalities, it's not wrong to find a different veterinarian who fits with you because mm-hmm. everyone is just very mm-hmm. – just it's a good fit like it's fine it's yeah, not I a mean, big deal change like, the doctor it's, yeah it's just like picking a doctor yeah right you want to make sure that, that you, you match with them and your pet matches with them yeah and that applies right. across the board i love that it's really good advice um okay so what is on the horizon for veterinary cannabis Ooh, 2020 is going to be a super fun year. <laughs> very <laughs> Yay, excited <laughs> so i went on the newsletter <laughs> 2020 is definitely going to be a policy year so there is so much movement and so much just potential energy, you know, mounding around cannabis mm-hmm. and laws and all those, um, just the industry side of it. 
this this will be a year when states, boards, VMAs really have to say something mm-hmm. instead of sort of sitting in the background and being quiet. Unfortunately, that's kind of what a lot of boards, like They're our licensing boards, are just like, I don't have any comment, no comment. And our VMAs, our associations are a little bit better, but also not that much better. Mm-hmm. And so it puts the pra- practicing veterinarian in this really tight spot of, Nobody knows what they should do or shouldn't do. That is the exact same thing we're seeing in accounting with <laughs> yes. cannabis. They, just like like wh- our board finally came out, I think, last mm-hmm. year with some some guidance. Yeah, with some guidance. Yes. Um, hold on. Someone's okay. It's just packages. Um, it's very funny to also like if you talk to an attorney, a mm-hmm. cannabis attorney, they say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like originally, their board said. No, you're not going to deal with a federally legal substance. But they, as a group, said there's no way that we're letting our clients handle this on their own. Yeah. Right? Like, that's just not happening. No, and we, and it shouldn't yes. be. Yeah. And that's I exactly mean, the way it is. It's on, kind of that do no medicine. harm thing, right? Exactly. Like, we, they now need, you're on the opposite side of they it. They need the experts yes. to help them. Because we see harm happening when veterinarians are not involved. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the phrase that we use for that is just harm reduction education of, mm-hmm. again, it doesn't matter whether you want to actively work with cannabis. Mm-hmm. We need to be doing that. Don't. Mm-hmm. Here's the safety piece. Like mm-hmm. at least doing that portion because our clients are figuring out on their own and feeling lost and feeling mm-hmm. like they don't have a resource. And then our pets get the... The Big downside, right? right? Exactly. Jeez. Um, so that's really cool. So policy. So you guys are going to be seeing policy coming through. I think those are going to be really important. Where there's a an international cannabis sort of association that's forming. I think that'll be really useful because it's oh, a global. Wow. It's a global topic, right? It has to be addressed much further than state boundaries or country boundaries, and that's mm-hmm. really fun to be a part of. We have some really good colleagues in Canada, um, Brazil for sure. A lot mm-hmm. of the other countries, Austria. There's a couple from. Um, a few in China, just just it's definitely a global. A it's emerging, global and there's issue. just really no way that it's yeah. gonna stop yeah. doing what it's doing. Yeah. It's been interesting to watch it spread. You Absolutely. know, the legalization to spread across Absolutely. the United States, even. Um, you know, and there's actually, you know, I watch a lot of accounts mm-hmm. in the cannabis industry because I just find it fascinating. Um, because we just. It's not stopping. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, and there's, it's not there's going so anywhere. much powerful research behind it, as well as the anecdotal reports of right. Mm-hmm. If you if if you have stopped having seizures because of cannabis, mm-hmm. you're going to want your family to experience the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to tell your friends about it, mm-hmm. and we as humans are just so connected on that storytelling impression, especially mm-hmm. in the veterinary world. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. We just have to make sure we do it safely. Yeah. When our dog um, had seizures, like mm-hmm. literally one of the first things was like, you should do CBD. Yeah. And I was like, oh, or like <laughs> I knew. Yeah. I, w- I didn't even know how well, I it's knew. so prevalent. But I was just like, I know CBD right helps with uh, seizures. Yeah. Yeah. Like he still was on two meds. So I don't really know if it did much. Yeah. Well, it's But all, it did it's help also, him heal. Yeah. And it's, it's a different paradigm than we work with with a pharmaceutical like Mm it is often because it's in conjunction with those other ones that it works well it's not a you have to use this one thing and nothing Mm -hmm. else it's a again it's that ecs of the balancing Mm -hmm. act it's how does it pull all of these different pieces together right yeah so he was on two meds and then we also had him on the cbd Mm -hmm. like especially like initially after he started having the seizures and i really do feel like it helped him heal yeah absolutely it has such incredible importance in 
um, neuronal health mm -hmm. in how the brain communicates with itself, mm -hmm. just in the supporting cells around it, which mm -hmm. can really be traumatized after a seizure. And oh, if they're wow. traumatized, yeah, he was a mess. yeah, then they can't heal the neurons. Like mm -hmm. it just all, again, all these are bound together. So when you're working on through the ECS, mm -hmm. you see all these different systems kind of like, all Coming right, back well, online, yeah, fine. all right, I'll talk to you again. And okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. That oh, that's, kind of thing. that's really cool. Um, all right, where are we? Um, so tell us about your speech, your space cultivate. Yeah. So the other thing you do, <laughs> the other, the other piece, one of, of those it. other things, You've got a few so, things. but it's interesting to uh, a topic because that's actually how cannabis became such a big piece of mm -hmm. what we're doing right now. So we run a co-working community in um, sort of 38th and Kipling. So mm -hmm. Northwest Denver is our big, big region. Mm -hmm. And we are the background manager, background support, office support for any of the mobile practitioners in the area. So if they're um, mobile rehab, acupuncture, GP, we have a lot of in-home euthanasia mm -hmm. veterinarians mm -hmm. and hospice veterinarians, just, just individuals who really aren't suited for a brick and mortar. We are sort of all those support systems that occur in a brick and mortar place. But that meant that their patients and their clientele were really asking about cannabis. I mean, that's that's the patient population whose owners are really, really interested in it. Mm -hmm. and, and they're so, educated. They want exactly. To they're doing the them. research. They, all of our oncology patients, what, yeah. they've read all the articles, mm -hmm. right? They've done all the research themselves. And so we found from our veterinarians that they were getting questions just in a force load and they didn't have any answers to it. But my position allows me to be just a listener a lot mm -hmm. of times of what's going on, what what couldn't you solve on your own? Mm -hmm. And then Karen, my practice manager, and I just sit and problem solve it, like mm -hmm. troubleshoot it and see what we can do. So cannabis was a community problem. It was a we don't know what to do as a group. I so I had the time and opportunity to try to figure it out. So that's what kind of started our first symposium 2017 and kind of just grown from there. That's so so awesome. I cannabis is probably the biggest thing we do, but yeah. I love our co-working space. And it's just so much fun to have individuals come in and sometimes they just come for coffee and a hug. Yeah. And that's all they need. So you guys have created, you know, you guys have created a community out of, you know, people who, who don't really yeah, work absolutely. in that work in the traditional or wanted something different. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason, um, I mean some of it come out just for interest and mm -hmm. they want to do the specific house call basis, but Let's be honest. A lot of a lot of us are very burnt out and have definitely dealt with compassion fatigue. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people who come through our community are kind of right at that edge of, I'm either done, out. <laughs> I'm totally finished, or I want to try something that's kind of house call that lets me connect with my patients in a different mm -hmm. way. And so we actually do a lot of emotional rehab. Like we do, we have a lot of services that we provide, mm -hmm. but it's just a thing, a means to the end. Mm -hmm. Mostly it's rebuilding that community and making sure that people feel like they have cheerleaders. Yeah, you mentors can do it. And yeah, like just we're proud of you and we're happy yeah. for your success. And outside and, eyes on their business yes. and, you know, helping Basically them. Basically anything help, they want. Yeah, helping yeah. them be sustainable. And yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. I do find, you know, as I talk to more mm -hmm. veterinarians and especially those that do mobile care, like they're just like, I just, I get to decide how much I need yeah. like or how much I want yeah. like I really love what I do I just can't yeah. do it 40 60 80 right 100 hours a right. week anymore. or do it in the mindset that their maybe corporate owned clinic kind of put them in and they're mm -hmm. not it's not always like that like mm -hmm. you know there's no black and white there is in no, the world there's a whole spectrum but it is true that as we become more corporatized as an industry mm -hmm. it is harder for a practitioner's heart and mind to kind of fit into that and really 
give the care or the time is what Mm -hmm. it usually comes down to, to the patients that we want. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing most people struggle with is, wait, I'm never going to be busy enough. I'm never going to have enough patients. But we also see pet parents reaching for that as well. Mm -hmm. They, they wanting to see one veterinarian, they wanting a a longer appointment time, someone who really connects with them. Mm -hmm. So we see, especially in Colorado, Colorado is a great state for it. A lot of, um, market who's willing to say, yes, please come to my home. Mm-hmm. Like I'm willing to pay for that kind of boutique medicine, but this is what I, this is what I want for my mm-hmm. animal. I want a relationship. Yes. I want you to see where they live. I want to see how, you know, yeah. and then it's, but it's better care too. And you have yeah. a better relationship. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love it. Um, you just answered that question. So <laughs> before I ask, I was peeking at your paper. I know you were. Um, so before I ask my last question, um, what is the best place for people to find find you? Probably our website is the easiest. So veterinarycannabis.org is where okay. we try to make just centralized. Here's education. Uh-huh. Here's links to whatever you kind of need. Mm-hmm. Um, we also try to pull in information from other people who are doing great mm-hmm. education. Like Canada has a great symposium. Oh, other cool. countries are kind of coming online. So we try to link to them. Just kind well. of create a whole like yeah. resource. Yeah. And then do you also have pra- your practitioners, your certified practitioners on your website? So people are looking for somebody? So we don't at the moment mm-hmm. because it's such a it's it is still an iffy piece on the legal side. Yeah. Oh, that so makes sense. we like for people to connect with a person. So mm-hmm. there's a really clear definition of what are your goals as a pet parent? Mm-hmm. Do you understand the legal landscape that really we're supporting your decision to use cannabis mm-hmm. because we kind of have some legal boundaries still? Mm-hmm. So we we don't list anybody's name, but people can just email and ask. And especially mm-hmm. if you're in a particular state or country, mm-hmm. having finding someone in person is our our ideal that's we love to do. do that's awesome yeah. um so you can email you guys absolutely so if you're looking for a practitioner um to help you mm-hmm. you know apply cannabis to yeah. your pet or just curious about it like that's where you guys. we try to put all the online ce we're going to be doing some fun online ce stuff in 2020 I so it's going to i mean we just what we're learning mm-hmm. increases so fast i love the science but yes. like we could talk science all day it's long. so fascinating okay final question um what is the best place for a practitioner to start and learning more about including Ooh, cannabis great question. Their practice great question um, where do sciencey people go to find more science? <laughs> <laughs> so one of one of the hard things about that uh-huh. is most of the science is in the human literature. Yeah, and it can be hard to pull it out mm-hmm. if you're a busy veterinary practitioner. Mm-hmm. Just I don't even know where to go. Mm-hmm. So what we're what we're trying to how we're trying to solve that is just to put some of the really foundational articles Pertinent on our stuff, website yeah. just to kind of start there and say oh, this is cool. Okay, now I can read a little bit more. So I would actually say there, probably the website still and mm-hmm. pull off some of the articles that are just Because you've there. gone through all of them. Yeah. You guys are already teaching and, people And curated. Like some of it's already old. Like if you just read all the cannabis articles you could find, some of it's very outdated. And because it was it's only so done moving. three years ago. Right. And that's, that's like crazy for a si- Like that doesn't happen in no, another realm at all. So it can be really frustrating to be like, there's a gazillion articles that I have no idea which to read. You only really need a couple of them. Um, there's some good books that are going to be coming out and then just finding, again, they're available on our website, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of good, other good training resources, just sort of summaries of here's what you need to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, handouts that you can put out in your clinic about here's how to choose a safe product. Here's what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Just kind of stuff like that. So I would say that's kind of the best place to get your feet wet. Cause you guys just have those like basic resources. Yeah. Cause then you can choose as a practitioner where you want to go f- from right. there, but it's like, how do I even 
Yeah. Broach so let's subject. mitigate risk first. Like, yes. let's get some good info. Safety first. You just absolutely. Read these articles, and here's like here's some flyers. Yes. And then now it kind of catches you on the coolness of the science. Like, yeah. Oh, now I want to know about this. And, oh, I want to know about that. <laughs> well, now I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you're gonna be like, gee, you just signed up to be. <laughs> that would be awesome. Because I need that more things, be, and I need that would be awesome. I need more things to do. But I love it because I just. I'm a science geek. It's, on the it's book, fascinating. The end, yeah. I mean, it, it really will change our world. I, when when NASA starts researching the ECS, we will be an interplanetary species. Like thinking about what the ECS does, it helps us adapt to new environments. Like some of the things that we're struggling with of being not on this planet, um, I really firmly believe that if we look at it in that direction, we'll be able to solve some of those problems. We're going to be on Mars sooner mm -hmm. than later, is yeah. what you're telling yeah. me. <laughs> exactly. That is just, my face is just like, what? <laughs> Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I appreciate this was you so much. So much. Fun. That was so fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review. Until next week, be abundant.